This is Parents' Rights Now. The answer is you. Train. Speak. Change. Parents and allies standing together. Millions of voices speaking as one. Stop messing with our kids. It ends here. Hey everybody, this is the week of May 22nd and I'm looking forward to talking with you today about more strategies for winning. We just came through uh, school board races in the state of Oregon and we're more fired up now than we were before and um, we didn't do so well. In fact, we lost some seats. I don't know if you remember me talking about Newburgh, Oregon. But over a course of about four years, we gained a majority, and they were able to successfully implement a banner policy limiting the flags and banners that could be displayed in the classrooms. So we felt that was a big win. And then after that, the superintendent decided that he wasn't going to follow the direction of the new board policy, and he was fired. Um, And that... That scenario took place in a couple of school districts in Oregon. That, (laughs) well, the left went after the two longest standing conservatives and tried to recall them. And they were unsuccessful. So that was a win. And then a little bit later, guess what? The teachers union sued the school district regarding the banner policy. And they won in a settlement out of court based upon the First Amendment. So that meant now all teachers can display flags of their choosing, any flag of their choosing. It can be political or not. They can do anything, basically. We hope that teachers everywhere are going to start displaying their favorite political flags. We have to fight back, you guys. That's all there is to it. We've just got to fight back. Now we have two conservatives left on that board. Now we hope in two years, which is when elections will come up again, that we can uh, attain two more seats. So you're probably saying, well, what is PRE going to do about this? Well, we have reconstituted the bank account for our political action committee. We have to lay the groundwork, people, before the election cycle. Let me say that another time. We need to start now. We can't wait until, you know, three months before a school board election to begin making our case. And when I say making our case, just think about it. How many people really know what's going on in the schools, in public schools today. How many are paying attention? If they don't have children in the schools, they don't know what's really happening. I call it the not in my school syndrome or not in my town or my county or my state. Maybe you've gotten this reaction. Oh, they would never do that. In fact, in most cases, when I sit down with people and they ask me what I do, I began telling them about, you know, the situation in the public school system and and they just they don't believe it. They say, oh, that can't be happening. I just it that just doesn't make sense. I can't believe that they would teach children that they can change their sex when they're five. You mean they can take their kids away if they don't if they don't affirm their identity? 
They can call Child Protective Services on them? Are you kidding me? Counselors are talking to other people's minor children and encouraging them to to make these lifelong decisions without their parents' knowledge or consent, something doesn't seem right. I just don't believe it. They would never do that. The only problem that we have in winning ele- elections is that even many legislators don't know what's going on. We have to do a bigger and better job of informing the public. And that means that we need you guys to tell us what is happening in your area. Get on our website, go to the tip line, send us your stories. We will report them. We have to be bigger and louder in that effort. As I said, we've reconstituted our PAC. Now, what's really cool about having a political action committee in Oregon is that we can receive funding from anyone, anywhere. We have the most liberal laws when it pertains to election and contributions. So we can accept your contribution into our PAC. And we're establishing a new dedicated website. It's just dedicated to the political action committee. And there you'll find our que- our candidate questionnaire. We will endorse candidates anywhere in the country. We, will, we can endorse them. We will promote you on social media. Uh, we will create branded materials promoting you and th- that you can use anywhere. So I'm excited about this. We're very serious. We want to grow our pack and we want to help candidates. As I said before, we're even more determined than ever. I don't like to lose. I've been a candidate before <laughs> and I didn't win. You know, every time every time something like this comes up, I have to analyze, well, was there anything good that came out of it? I, there has to be something good. Well, actually, yes, there has been. Uh, we have a candidate um, who who was um, running for her, to protect her seat on a school board. This was in Canby, Oregon. Uh, her her seat was contested by another individual from her own party, who is a moderate, and the moderate won. That was very disappointing. That was disappointing that someone in the same party would run against her, but it did happen. And now. She's, you know, she's ready to go. She's going to get involved and she wants to be a liaison and people who are serving on the board. She's got a lot of experience because she served on a school board for four years. You learn a lot when, when you do that. So that's very exciting. And what we want to do is develop policies that we can make available to school board members that they can put forth to their board has legal teeth. So this is how it has to work in our local areas. And I've talked with a lot of candidates in various states who contact me for an endorsement. And I'll say, well, you know what you need to do is start a parents' rights and education affiliate group in your area, in your school district where you're running. And then when you are elected, they will become your constituency. They're your team helping you get elected, but they will become your constituency. And those are the people that you communicate with. Everybody needs a mailing list. And school board uh, members are no different. There seems to be this kind of silly notion that school board members cannot communicate with the public, that they cannot be affiliated with parents' rights and education. Well, why not? It's a free country, right? 
uh, legislators who are elected officials, they're associated with, with groups that they support or to support them. The same is true for school board members. Why not? Well, we are a nonpartisan organization, by the way. So it's not like you're affiliating with, with a political party necessarily, but there are interest groups that support school board members. And one major one that I'm sure you're already thinking of on the other side is the National Education Association or your local education association in your state. They support school board members, don't they? So once you establish a parents' rights and education affiliate, then when you you have an initiative or you have a policy that you're presenting to your board, you alert everybody who got you elected and say, you know, we're going to be talking about this um, next month. Please send emails to the other board members, attend the meeting and show support for the policy. That's how we're going to win. And we need to be vocal. We've got to, we've got to come out of the closet, people, and support parents in our local areas. So think about that. So we all, we are having a big push on club 12 by 12. 12 by 12 signifies that you are contributing $12 a month to parents' rights and education. It is an automated uh, recurring donation. It's tax deductible because you're giving to a 501c3. If we do this all over the country, we will kick butt. Seriously, we can do so much because we run a lean machine here, but we're a grassroots organization. We don't have funding from, you know, the Koch brothers or, or some big uh, benevolent donor. We do have some significant donors, but... Most of our support comes from you, comes from people like yourself who, you know, they can't write thousand dollar checks. If we have groups all over this country and every group has 12 people in it and each one of those 12 are contributing $12 a month, your affiliate group will become what we call a, a club affiliate. That's what we're looking for. So consider that. We have all the systems in place now to make this work, guys, including training on how to testify and how to run for school board. It is a package deal like none other. And our goal is to win. Uh, you can know everything under the sun about all the curriculums that are being used in the public schools, but we won't get them out of the school unless we are organized at the grassroots level. Okay, now let's talk about June. What is happening in June? Well, we're all hearing about pride celebrations and they're not new, but what we are seeing is school districts now have taken on responsibility in their area to put on pride celebrations. Uh, in many cases, they are doing it in coordination with city councils or other local government entities. We began seeing this last year, and I just wanted to remind you about what, what's driving it. This is what they're saying. I like to study the enemy. We don't hate these people, just so you know, just making sure you understand. We do not hate people. 
This is a political agenda, and it is being promoted by a far-left constituency of the gay and lesbian community. A lot of gay people are concerned about this. They know it's really hurting their cause, and I'll explain why in a minute. Well, where I live in Oregon, the city of Tigard is joining with the Tigard-Tualatin School District for a celebration. It's kicked off with a car decorating party at the middle school, followed by a car parade and a celebration at the high school and a local park. The event is clearly directed toward youth. The organizers state that the Pride Celebration is dedicated to uplifting LGBTQIA+, just a reminder that stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer slash questioning, intersex, that's what the I is for, asexual, and plus. They want to celebrate that group of people, their culture, and raise awareness of issues affecting the community and support their rights. This is what they are saying. The rainbow flag symbolizes LGBTQIA plus pride with variations of the flag to represent diversity. By the way, I'm going to add here that we have a flag. Parents' rights in education is creating a flag. I can't wait for you to see it. If you become a member of Club 12 by 12, we will send you a flag and a pin. Join us. The citizens of my town, Tigard, Oregon, were not included in the decision to host a sexuality parade in their city. It's a sexuality parade. If anybody chooses not to participate, uh, will they be called homophobic or doxed? Possibly. And it's been interesting to see how the community responds. They don't seem to be much concerned. Probably a lot of people don't even know what's going on. Because it's not a long parade, it's fairly short, and it's on, this year it's on a Saturday. But we have witnessed extreme harassment, stalking, and public shaming from the activists toward anyone who does not capitulate to their demands. School board members implementing fair school policies, taking into account all students' beliefs, have been fired by their employers who couldn't take the public harassment emails, phone calls, and even death threats from the LGBT community activists. So they can be very mean and determined. And they now have become much more involved in elections because we're, we're poking the bear. We're doing something about it. Consider this. In an effort to help others, have they gone too far we at Parents' Rights in Education believe in defending all students, every single one. They should be required to respect one another. Uh, disrespect and name-calling and bullying of any kind toward anyone should not be tolerated. We take a strong stand for tolerance, inclusivity, and equality for all students in public schools. But our concern stems from the many complaints from students, parents, and teachers of inequities in these areas. Have you noticed that? Any inequities? Unfortunately, the extreme focus on LGBTQ initiatives has created an unintended backlash, as some students feel marginalized and threatened 
for holding their First Amendment right to traditional viewpoints. Now who is the bully? And now who doesn't feel safe? You will find it fascinating to know that in January of 2020, uh, there is a poll. USA Today stated, quote, young people are growing less tolerant of LGBTQ individuals, a jarring turn for a generation traditionally considered embracing and open. The number of Americans, 18 to 34, who are comfortable interacting with LGBTQ people declined from 53% in 2017 to 45% in 2018, the only age group to show a decline. Um, and that is down from 63% in 2016. Wow. Now, driving the dil dilution of acceptance are young women whose overall comfort levels plunged from 64% in 2017 to 52% in 2018. Now, these are the results from a Harris poll uh, that was conducted on behalf of um, GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, which is a LGBTQ advocacy group. So it seems pretty obvious that this would be taking place, but most people don't realize there was a poll taken because they don't want to hear that it's plunging any further. They don't want to stop uh, with their agenda. Dividing people isn't helpful. No one minority can require everyone to subscribe to their views. When anti-discrimination laws were passed, they were meant to affirm the rights for all, not exclusive from some. Sexual orientation anti-discrimination statutes have been interpreted to require LGBTQ norms not only be respected, but accepted by all students. Now, based on these laws, state legislatures have required public schools to teach homosexuality and all other sexual practices as normal, natural, and get this, equal. Schools have invited LGBTQ groups to promote alternative lifestyles through diversity, equity, inclusion, justice committees designed to monitor students' attitudes toward one another. Students are encouraged to question what they are based on this approach to sexuality. Activities such as LGBTQ student clubs, political demonstrations, Human Rights Week, Day of Silence, and gay proms, and even now drag queen performances at school-sponsored events, are celebrated and promoted. And students who do not agree to accept the ideology are considered hateful, marginalized, and labeled homophobic bigots. I'm sure you would agree, all of this has gone too far. In defense of the majority student population and differing viewpoints, we at Parents' Rights in Education are concerned with the out-of-balance representation of LGBTQ ideology. We are not condemning it, as some want to say. Students are preoccupied and divided by extreme political influences. Tolerance, it seems, no longer applies to those who disagree. And one cannot gain true respect through shaming and name-calling. 
the extreme focus on alternative lifestyles can hurt the very people it aims to help. As resentment builds in the community at large. Where is the common ground? We must find it. Stop messing with our kids. It ends here. This is Parents' Rights. Now. Please check your show notes for links. If you agree with us, why not consider making a monthly contribution to Parents' Rights in Education? We are a tax-deductible nonprofit organization and depend on contributors like you who contribute in small amounts every month. This is a crisis. It's a national crisis. Give today. ParentsRightsInEducation.com.